Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Probably the biggest question that I've ever been asked, from believers that is, is how do I know the will of God? Or someone will come to me and say, Pastor, I think God wants me to do this, but I'm not sure. How can I be sure? Tonight I want to speak to you on enough clarity. Our focus this month is on enough. And I believe that one of the things there's enough of is that there is enough clarity for your life. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let me put it to you in the obverse of that. It says this, If you're a son or a daughter of God, you can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. I don't believe the leadership of the Holy Spirit is only for those that have a title of pastor or leader or I've got some amazing ministry or call. I believe that it's for every single believer. You may be the newest Christian here. You may go, I don't know what it sounds like. I don't know, you know, what it looks like. I'm not sure I've ever been led. And yet I'll guarantee all of us can look back at certain things of our life where we could have gone one way, but we ended up in a different space. Somebody invited you to church. Somebody said, why don't you come? Somebody just happened to be across your path. Uh, For me, I look back a long, long way to the beginnings of that for me. One day of my entire bank teller career, I was only a bank teller for 18 months. And uh, and on the one day, because in those days, they don't do it anymore. In those days, if you're a male over 18 and you're a bank teller, you had to have a pistol. And I'm not talking about some little Derringer. I had a Smith & Wesson 44. Like I'm talking serious handgun. That, I'm serious. That was in my cash box. Everyone had to have, if you're a man, if you're a male teller, you had to have this thing. And so you, you weren't ever going to fire it. The thing weighs like a house brick. Trust me, it's not like the cowboy movies. Things like a brick. You're holding this thing up. And I had this thing in the cash box. One time of the entire year, you had to go to pistol firing. You had to go to fire off just two shots. Up in the police building on the top of Roma Street in Brisbane. I'm there. You don't take your gun. But here was the deal. Once you'd fired your two shots, you could go home. You never had to go back to work. We all loved it. And so I remember going up to Roma Street. I'd never heard of Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International. It was just a Christian bookshop. I happened to walk past after firing my Smith & Wesson 44. Well, somebody else's. Kaboom. Thing kicks like a mule. And uh, anyway, so I fired my two shots. I'm walking back to get the train home and I walk past a Christian bookstore. Well, at that stage, I had been thinking about the Holy Spirit, thinking about God, and I had nobody in my world that could tell me. And here on the way past to the train station, I walk past the Christian bookstore. I go in there. The girl who's in there three months later becomes the youth leader of the church that I end up going to, Alita Poppy. 
She's in there and I start asking her a million questions. I'm asking her about, you know, about the Holy Spirit, about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm asking her about everything I can think of. She later on said, I'd never met anybody that was such a sponge wanting to know everything. And so I walked out of there with a whole parcel of books about the Holy Spirit, went back. She said to me, we'll pray for you in church. I'm not making any of this is exactly the way it happened. I said, when are you going to pray? She said, the church prayer meeting is Tuesday night. We'll be praying for you about eight o'clock. I'm living in a caravan down the back of someone's house because I've got nowhere to live. I'm almost homeless, apart from the caravan. I'm living down there. Eight o'clock on the Tuesday night, I got and I knelt down because both in those days, I thought you had to kneel there. I knelt down beside the caravan bed. And I started to, I didn't, I didn't know any prayers. I didn't know what to say. No one had told me anything about it. But they were praying in church. And, I, and again, I have never had, it lasted for about a week. Every time I'd pray, I didn't know the Scripture where Jesus said, out of His belly will flow rivers of living water. This spoke here about the Spirit. But that's the experience I had, supernatural. No one else is in the caravan. No one's there with me. No one's told me anything. I haven't read any of the books yet about what it's supposed to be like or what I can expect. But supernaturally, the Holy Spirit invaded that little caravan where I was. And that was the beginning of my journey of following Christ. I, didn't, I was not even born again. I, I didn't know about all that yet. And so in this space of all of that. I can look back now and go, my goodness, talk about the leading of the Holy Spirit. Once in the entire life have I ever gone to fire a pistol. Well, actually, no, twice. Once was out in the bush though, and that doesn't count. But uh, in my whole career of 18 months, only ever once it happened. And I just happened to walk past the very place where God had somebody that could intervene in my life. I believe God wants His will to be clear. And don't think, well, now that you're an older Christian, you don't need it anymore. I'll guarantee you do. Let's read Acts chapter 16, just a few verses, starting at verse 6. It's a lesson in clarity. And we're going to give you about five or six things out of this. So get out your notebooks, your devices, your whatevers that you're right with. And uh, make some notes here because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to lots of lives here tonight. Says this in verse 6, Now when they, this is Paul, the Apostle Paul and Silas and their young recruit Timothy, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the Word in Asia. After they'd come to Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia. By the way, that's not the Asia we call Asia today. It's what the old days was called Asia Minor. It's the region of Turkey and up through there. Uh, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Heavenly Father, help us tonight. 
Lord, we haven't come for a sermon. We haven't come for a bunch of songs. We haven't come just for fellowship. God, we've come because everybody here in this place, we desperately want to be led by You. We want to move into everything You have for us. Holy Spirit, help us. For those of us here, Lord, now our mind gets in the road. Would You help us to still that voice? Take away every distraction so we can hear You tonight. We give You all the praise and all of the glory in Jesus' Name, Amen. Here's the first lesson that I take in clarity out of this passage is this, always go forward. Sounds like such a simple thing, but in verse 6, the Holy Spirit forbids them to go into an area. Verse 7, He didn't permit them, but you know, they never found reverse gear. They kept on going forward. What a great lesson that is for your life and mine. Luke 9 verse 62, Jesus said, no one putting his hand to the plough and looking back is fit for the Kingdom of God. Now the word fit there, by the way, doesn't mean that He'll kick you out of the Kingdom, doesn't mean that He won't like you anymore. The word fit there literally means to be well placed. It means to be in the right position for what is coming next. And so Jesus is saying, if you spend your life always looking back, always turning around and going, well, maybe I shouldn't have and maybe I, and maybe I made a mistake. He says, you're never gonna be well placed for what God wants to do next. Listen to me, no matter how old you are, the best way always in life is to go forward in Jesus' Name. If you've hit an, ob- listen, you've hit an obstacle, you've hit a difficult place, you've hit a speed bump on the way, maybe something's happened, you could be here tonight. Maybe you're only here because you got offended at the last church you were at or something went wrong or a leader failed you or something went awry in your life. Can I beg you and plead with you, please take point number one, make it your own. Lord, I'm going to go forward in Jesus' Name. Have you stepped out in faith and instead of walking on the water, you've sunk? Here's my advice to you. Please don't say, I'll never do that again. Rather say, I'm going to keep going forward in Jesus' Name. I'm going to continue because I know this all of your destiny is up ahead of you. None of your destiny is behind you. People that live in yesterday never fulfil their tomorrows. People that allow yesterday to be the biggest voice. Everybody here would have a regret, something that you've done or that's happened to you and you go, I wish that never. But can you let it go tonight in Jesus' Name? Can you walk away? Maybe you're here and you've had a failed marriage. In all of your life, all you can think about is that. Or maybe your family raising has been pretty poor and you go, oh, God, I made so many errors. Can I say to you, I beg of you, please don't let something in your yesterday take you out of the destiny that God has got for your life. I've been thinking a lot the last couple of days, I don't know why, about that Scripture in James where it says, Beware lest there be in any of you a root of bitterness springing up whereby many get defiled. In other words, it says, don't allow hurt and yesterday's pain to stay inside of you because if you do, it'll defile not only you, it'll defile people around about you. 
It'll prevent. Listen to me. I believe with all of my heart that every believer has got a great destiny. There's a stamp of God in your life. When you get born again, you are not just given a ticket to heaven. It's not just about one day I'll get there. It's actually about God using you. Paul said this when he said, for, for to be absent from the bodies, to be present from the Lord. He said, what do I do? He said, I'd rather go. I'm staying because it's better for you. You know, I know some people go, I just want to go to heaven. I just want it all over with. I go, no, there's so much to do. There's so many nations to reach. There's so many churches to plant. There's so many lost people to be found. There's so many broken people to be helped and to be made whole that my God, we need every single one of you. So always go forward in your life. You may not know when, you may not know how far. Paul doesn't know any of that, but have a mindset. Come on, have a mindset in your life. Say, I'm going to go forward into what God has for me in Jesus' Name. Turn to your neighbour right now and say, I'm going to go forward. Here's number two. Second lesson, God promises clarity for your next step. If you're writing it down, underline it. Put it in italics if you're putting it in your device. Next step, Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my and a light unto my path. The Bible doesn't say your word is a searchlight to my horizon. Most of us, hello, most of us, we want God to tell us everything. I heard on the radio this week that they've now come up with some barrier bunch barrage of tests that can get your age and take a sample of your DNA and tell you most likely how long you're going to live. Really? I'm going, A, I believe I'm going to live a long life because the Bible says with long life, He will satisfy you and show you His salvation. And if you honour father and mother, your days will be long on the earth and I've honoured them. So I'm going, I'm going to be here for a long, long time. And I wouldn't care what their little DNA test said. I'm believing I'm going to be around long enough so that all of you here are going to go, I've heard that joke a hundred times. But it's a lamp under my feet, not a searchlight to my horizon. Think about this story we read in Acts 16. All Paul knows is one word. How many of us here in this place, we haven't gone anywhere because we've only got one word and we want more. And Paul gets one word, Macedonia. That's it. No more. Doesn't, God doesn't tell him who he's going to meet. He doesn't even tell him which town to go to. He doesn't say how long he's going to be there. This guy on the strength of one word says, that's it. I'm taking the next step. What was the next step? Well, he heard the man from Macedonia say, come and help us. And I love the way it says it. And therefore concluding that the Lord had called us. Yeah. I'm going, if I had a vision, I'm not concluding anything. I'm just going. I'm just, yeah. Amen. When we went to Malaysia three years ago with Red Frogs, it's because I've been wandering around Klang, a sister city to KL, wandering around Klang. And I heard the Lord speak to me uh, out of the Scripture. There are a great and effectual door has been opened unto me, but there are many adversaries. I came back and said to Hayden Glass, Pastor Hayden, I said, I want you to go take a team up to Malaysia. I didn't know why. Didn't know. We did not know anyone in Malaysian universities. First day he went there, he said, I don't even know why I'm here. Not sure how we're ever going to get there. Not sure what's going to happen. 
He, he actually told me on the end of the first day, he thought, I'm, I, there's nothing happening. By the uh, halfway through the next day, he's got phone calls coming in from the vice chancellors of universities. He's sitting in people's offices. And now we've got a ministry into, a, I think it's somewhere about 12,000 university students in that part of the world. India is another one. Egypt's another one. And so God promises clarity for our next step. He doesn't promise you clarity for everything after. Here's the third lesson. Keep your focus on what you do know, not what you don't. Keep your focus on what you do know. What if? Yeah, but. So many times we actually don't take the next step because of what we don't know. I've lost count of the number of people I've counselled with and where there's been a fractured relationship. And what I say to them, write a letter to the person. They go, oh no, they wouldn't read it. They'd rip it up and chuck it in the bin. I go, well, you don't know that you haven't written it yet? Oh no, I know them, they wouldn't. And they don't take the next step because of all of what they don't know rather than what they do know. Keep your focus on what you do know. Well, no point in me saying sorry. They probably wouldn't talk to me anyway. You know, oh, you know, they've always had a problem with me. I reckon 90% of all the conflicts that occur in church that people just walk away from and never resolve could be fixed if somebody would just take the next step. Amen. That's just a little word of wisdom there for some of you here. Amen. If you get offended, it's not necessarily a sign you're meant to be somewhere else. All it means is take the next step in Jesus' name. Here's number four. There's only six of these, so we're going at a great clip because I want to take some time tonight to pray with some of you here that go, my head's befuddled. Jeff, I feel like, like there's cobwebs in my brain. I can't think. I just I'm, don't know what to do. Well, we're going to pray with you tonight. Here's number four. Don't interpret the will of God by circumstances or feelings. See, I reckon if Paul and Silas and Timothy had been 21st century charismatics, they would have heard the first no, you're forbidden to go there. They would have heard the second no, I'm not permitting you to go there. And they would have gone around and said, well, praise the Lord. Obviously, we're headed in the wrong direction. We're actually meant to be back in Jerusalem with all the other apostles. And this whole church planning thing, Paul, that you're talking about, are you sure we were meant to go? Like it's not working out. It's not happening. Maybe. That's what happens when you start interpreting the will of God according to the way you feel or something that happens in your life. I remember, I, I remember, the first time I ever heard about tithing, I remember deciding I'm going to do it. That week I had a car smash and it took out, my car wasn't sure, it took out every dollar I had in the bank. Whole lot. Imagine if I'd interpreted the will of God by a circumstance that, well, obviously that, that's a false doctrine. How silly. How many people know there is this being called a devil? All right, he hadn't got horns. He's way too smart to turn up with horns because you'd know who it was. He just slimes his way a little in there and just says, well, you know, has God said? You know, maybe. More vision dies from maybes 
than from direct opposition. Write that down. More vision dies from maybes. Maybe. John goes off to New Zealand over there in a quipper's lab and the whole world is his oyster. It's all happening. And then some family things and John comes home. You know, wouldn't it be terrible if John went, oh, maybe I made a mistake. No, John doesn't. Otherwise, I wouldn't be using John as an example. But wouldn't it be tragic if John went, oh, no, that was all a mistake. You know, don't allow your vision to die because of maybes. Amen. Have you hit a, 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 an opposition of some kind or other? Believe the will of God anyhow. Amen. I remember when I smashed my car up. I'll tell you what I exactly said. I still remember. I can tell you the road I was on, where I was. It was it's that printed in my mind. Because I'm only a new Christian. And I, I'm, I'm stepped out and I'm, I'm doing all this. I've just come on staff of the church. And let me just tell you that that was definitely not a get rich scheme by any means. I'd stepped onto that and... Um, and I remember that I had this car smash and all my money in the bank went. And I remember still driving my dinged up car with all the panels smashed in because what else am I going to do? And I remember where I was and I said this out loud to the windscreen of my car. I said, devil, you are going to regret the day you touch me because I'm going to go twice as hard. Amen. Can you have that kind of spirit in your life in Jesus' name? Now, there's been a few other times where I've got belted around and I just want to crawl into a hole and suck my thumb. Just so you know, I'm not Superman. I'm not invincible. But don't interpret the will of God. We don't follow signs. Signs follow us. Isn't that what the Bible says? Mark 16, verse 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. Not Christians running around following a sign. Imagine being Pastor Bruce over there in Peru and you got all this magnificent stuff you believed and then overnight you completely lose your voice to a squeak. Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't have gone. Maybe, you know, it was too soon. I guarantee you, if I've learned anything in life, the devil would have been pumping maybes into his head as fast as anything. But, you know, if you hang on, a miracle is waiting for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Here's number five. Fifth lesson in clarity is this. Clarity is an unfolding picture. Think jigsaw, not photo. A jigsaw, you only get to see it when you put all the pieces in. A photo, it's all there in one go. The clarity for your life. Can I tell you, I feel like now at the ripe young age that I am, and after 31 years since this church got started, I honestly feel like just now we are coming into the best and the biggest days of our life. And we've seen God do a lot, by the way, so I'm not at all just lamenting that. But I feel like that, uh, it's an unfolding picture. And there are things that are on our horizon right now and things that we're about to step into that, quite frankly, 10 years ago, I would have said, you've got to be kidding. No way. That'll never happen. Don't be silly but it's an unfolding picture. Amen. Here's the last one, number six. God will give you clarity for your work, not everybody else's. God will give you clarity for your work, but He won't give you clarity for everybody else's. You remember the story in John, I think it's about John 21, where uh, 
Jesus is telling Peter what his life's going to look like and he sees John walk past and he says, Lord, but what about him? And Jesus says, mind your own business. That's my version of it. It's not there in the King James. In King James, it says, what is that to you? Follow thou me. But in my language, it's mind your own business. Paul and Silas and Timothy were not permitted to go to Bithynia, but that didn't mean no one should go there. I've actually dug into this and researched it and discovered that Bithynia was the nexus of all the major trade routes for the entire region. And it was the centre of the greatest amount of idol worship in all of that area of the world. And the Holy Spirit, now why would the Holy Spirit say, you can't go there? It's because He had somebody else He was planning to send. Paul ends up going to Macedonia. That's where the Philippian church is. The Philippian church, what a brilliant epistle that is. Of, of Paul, uh, so much nuggets of truth. Never would have got written if Paul had gone to Bithynia, but he went to Macedonia and to Philippi. Somebody else goes to Bithynia and has a revival, so much so that history says all the idol makers went out of business. A massive revival took place because one man went to where he was supposed to go and somebody else went to where they were supposed to go. See, you're not going to go to where I'm going to go maybe. And I'm not going to be able to go to where you've got to go. But if we all go where we're all supposed to go, God will get done everything that God needs to get done. Can I, can I get an amen on that? See, if you'll go to where you're supposed to go, and if I go to where I'm supposed to go, we'll all see get done what God wants to get done through our lives in an amazing way. Somebody else did and had a revival. It's all right, they're going to things. They've just got to move. Don't worry about them. They're not leaving. I didn't offend them on the last point. God's Word and how we should live is for every believer. This book is your guide to life. It's absolutely going to tell you everything you need to know about how to live a godly and a great life, for sure. But within the boundaries of that, there'll be things that'll be a word from God to you. You know, I don't think every church has to go to Cambodia, but we have. I don't think every church has got to go to Malaysia and to India and to Egypt, but we are. And so that's okay. I'm not responsible for what God tells the church down the road to do. I'm responsible for what God tells this church to do. Amen. Clarity is such an important part of our lives. Let me just go through those things with you again. Always go forward. God will give you clarity for your next step. Keep your focus on what you do know, not what you don't know. Don't interpret the will of God by circumstances or feelings. Understand that clarity is an unfolding picture. And lastly, the Bible says, God will give you clarity for your work and what you're meant to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, thank You for tonight in Jesus' Name. Thank You, Holy Spirit. I sense that You are here, Lord. Well, You'd be here whether I sensed it or not. But Lord, I sense that you're here to help people in this place. Lord, where things that have happened in their life and issues of trust, some of you here in this place where uh, I don't know your life or your background, but there's definitely a number of people here and so much of your uh, upbringing and your life, you look back and see disappointment, rejection and hurt. People that you put trust in and instead of honouring that trust, they actually brought hurt to your life. 
So now when it comes to trusting God for the future, you struggle with it. I'm going to pray with you tonight or a team of us will. And I believe that God will start a healing inside of your life. Team, please come. Start a healing inside of your life in Jesus' Name. Getting you to the point where you're going to follow God, where you can follow Him with clarity in your life. There's others of you here. And I think for me, clarity is not a choice between bad and good. Oftentimes it's between good and good and really good. And there's some of you here in this place and your problem is not that you've got no options. It's that you've got so many options. You're saying, which one do I take? We're going to pray with you tonight in the Name of Jesus. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here tonight and you've never taken the first step, I referred to it earlier tonight, the step of saying yes to Jesus, inviting Him into your life. If you've never done that, Maybe you did it years ago. Maybe as a child you got baptised or christened or went to Sunday school or something. But if I was to ask you right now, you're walking with God, you'd say, well, no, I'm not, but I wish I was. I wish I knew God. I'd love to pray with you right where you are. Love to believe with you tonight as you say yes to Jesus, that He'll transform you from the inside out. Only He can get on the inside. If that's you tonight, you'd like me to pray with you right where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you right where you're seated. You'd love me to pray with you. Would you just slip your hand up so I can see it? Just give me a wave and then you can put it back down again. I'd love to pray with you tonight. Thank you in there. God bless you. Who else? Just wherever you are. You say, that's me, Jeff. I, I need Jesus in my life. Or I need to really connect with God again in my life and my world. Is there anybody else like that before we pray? I appreciate that person lifting their hand. But if, if it's you, why don't you say yes to Christ tonight? as well in Jesus' Name. Then we're going to pray together. Thank you. Whether or not you lifted your hand, you can still make this prayer yours. I'd love us all to say this prayer to encourage that person. Would you say this prayer after me? Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me because I matter to You. I need Your forgiveness. I need Your peace. I need You to guide me. Come into my life right now. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. 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 Can we give that person just a big hand and say, congratulations. At the beginning of last year, we started what we call Yes Text. And uh, that's been such a blessing to so many people actually all around Australia people are doing it whereby people are simply texting yes to the number up on your screen 0488 826 392 or you can do it online at yes.metrochurch.org.au and that means the next morning 7am I'm still getting them because we roll on a whole lot of different series after that and uh, you get it fits on one screen of your smartphone and you get a Bible verse we send it to you. It's not coming from Apple or somewhere or other else in Android world. Uh, it's coming from us, from our church. It's only us. We don't give the numbers to anyone else. You can trust us with it. And we send you a Scripture and a prayer. We send you the prayer so that you can start learning how to pray and talk to God. That helps so many people. I'd encourage you to do it. 0488 826 392 or yes.metrochurch.org. 
Dot.au. I've heard of people that on the podcast that go out, there was a lady up in Newman when Pastor Bruce went up there to visit. She came up and she said, uh, I got saved. I came to Christ through the yes text in Newman and was a part of the church that we are mentoring and helping up there in that place. Uh, a remarkable story. All came out of yes text. So do that. And uh, we'd love to make sure we're believing with you for uh, your life to go strong and great with God in the name of Jesus.